0: wow this is an exciting day as we start our new series well let's pray lord thank you for the awesome opportunity to come into your house and sit at your feet we want to be like mary today we want to sit at your feet and just be in wonder as you would speak to us holy spirit speak at the level that only you can and bring glory to jesus and help us, Lord, to be in tune. Speak deep into our very sp- spirits and souls so that we'll leave today better equipped to do the work you've called us to. And everybody said, Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> what is the most important thing that pleases God as we live our daily lives? You see, <clears throat> I believe if we boil it right down to a simple phrase, we could could call it living in His presence. When the Lord filled you with His Spirit, when He came within you at salvation, He opened up the space. He opened up that place for you, that unique place, where you could have a fellowship and a relationship with Him like nobody else has. Isn't it amazing that, that in all the multitudes of believers around the world today, God has a place, a space that is yours. We used to sing a hundred years ago when I got, became a Christian, uh, it, we used to sing a song shut in with God in the secret space or the secret place. And uh, I always used to get confused when I was a new believer and they talk about going into the closet. I thought, that doesn't sound like a good place to come and praise God. You know, mops and brooms and buckets. I didn't get what they were talking about because I wasn't religiously oriented. However, I did understand when they talked about this secret space, this place that you can come, and it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what's happening. You and God have this place, this space together. Can someone say amen? amen? Are you tracking what I'm talking about? Okay, so we, today we want to talk about that. This, we want to, d- us to know that you've been created and I've been created with the capacity to live in the fullness of His love and His blessing. And you can jump in and say amen anytime you like because I'm not nervous about that. That even when all of life seems contrary, you can breathe and live in that space that God has created for you. And, and that means living a worshipful life. When we talk about breathe, we're talking about just as much as... Uh, we don't think about breathing. It's just the most natural and voluntary... You know, if you get knocked out, you don't, you don't die. You just automatically breathe. How many are glad about that? And so, so, that, so this whole concept is understanding that worship as a believer, one who has come to the, the, the creator of the universe, who sent his son for you and for me... He, he, he is our very breath. He's our life. And our life is a life of the W word. We just sang about it. What is it? Yeah, it's all about worship. Come on, praise God. So this worshipful life kind of means living in that sweet spot, that zone, that space that God determines for each of us. When I became a believer in around 17 years old going on 30 if you know what I mean um, I I had (laughs) don't laugh because in these days in those days this was a very popular instrument I learned to play the piano accordion why is it that as soon as you say piano accordion everyone starts laughing I don't understand it's a cool instrument they even use it in rock bands today but I used, to, I used to get out on the back veranda that was enclosed in our house, and I was just a new believer, six months old or so, a year in the Lord. And I'd close the door because my mom didn't want to hear it. <laughs> and I would sit down on a little uh, sofa chair we had out there. I'd get out my squeeze box, and rather than try to play the keys on the right hand, just so I could relax and worship, I would play on the bass keys the various chords, and I would just sit there, and it would, an hour would go by just like that and I'd sing choruses and worship and praise the Lord. And every time I would take that time, I'm telling you, tears would flow and I would just f- be filled with the presence of the Lord. God created you to have that place, that secret space where you can at any place and at any time enter into love and worship Him. You don't have to have bands playing, you don't have to have lights flashing, you don't have to be, you you know, you can be anywhere, you can even be driving on the freeway and worship God, but keep your eyes open, okay, yeah, yeah, and don't get too blessed because when you get blessed, I've observed my foot goes faster on the accelerator, and then I lose the anointing because a policeman comes and talks to me, you know, and he's got the anointing. So it's important that we learn about this, you know. It is possible because God created me and you to worship. Because in worship, you discover who you are and truly who God is. Worship is a door opener. It opens our eyes and we see Him completely differently. Look, folks, you're going to worship something or someone. Come on. Whether that be God or the God you've created for yourself or the God of self. But we are people who are drawn to admire, lift up, And yes, worship. Now, a lot of people wouldn't like the term worship when we talk about the way we treat our stuff or our employment or our best friends or even our children. Boy, have I seen some messed up families that they can't take time to be in God's house to worship. They can't do anything to time to serve. But when it comes to their kids, they'll go seven days a week, 24 hours running around after them. Maybe there's some worship in the wrong direction. Hello, say out or, or me or something. I said that when you worship, you get to know him and he tells you who you are. I, I mentioned this once before in one of the teachings, but I'll say it again. When, when Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? And, 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 and Peter, after the others all said, oh, you're this and you're that and people think this or that. Pe- Jesus said well, to Peter, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said something right for a change. How many say it's nice to be right once in a while? And, and Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can you say that? You know, when he said that, he worshipped. He didn't drop on his knees, as far as I know. But when he, when he by revelation of the Father, to him spoke those words, they came, upon, they came out and they were worshipped. Now, when he had done that, listen... Jesus then turned around and said, now God showed you, the Father showed you that. But then he went on to say, now I'll tell you who you are. You remember? And he said, you are Peter. Basically, he was calling him the rock, but Jesus was the rock. He was a little rock. So here's an example of when when Peter announced from his heart who Jesus was. And in fact, gave him his rightful place in worship. Jesus then said, and now let me tell you who you are. How many of you know that half the, the, the population seems to always be talking about, I just want to know who I am. I just want to find myself. You know, I did and I wasn't ex- that excited about it. Come on, church. How many know when you really get to find out outside of Jesus who he's making you to be? When you discover it, it's not that exciting. Well, you know, Jesus loves you and he thinks it's exciting and he wants to come in and show us what it means to have this ability to worship. Someone say amen. Amen. So worship simply means to give priority and deference to. Either you or someone or something else in your life is going to have and keep your attention. Whatever holds your attention your devotion, your priorities, and your commitments, that is the object of worship. The word worship comes from a, a, a springs from an old English word, worth skip. And worth skip, actually, what it means is something to do with ascribing worth. So, worship is to ascribe worth. How many believe God is worthy of our worship? Of anything or anyone? so worship is ascribing worth and, and in the, some of the original language it also has to do with weightiness I like that worship has weight because it's powerful it's, it's the foundation that we were talking about it's, it's strong when we come before the Lord we worship the one who is above everyone the one who is the strongest of all and then he imputes his spirit and makes us strong You show me someone who doesn't worship, I'll show you an anemic Christian. Oh, they may know the Scriptures and they may be able to go through all of the religious stuff, but I'm telling you, strength comes from being a worshiper and a praiser of the living God. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. You love Him? And, of course, there's more to it than coming in on Sunday morning, and that's a whole other story. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 in the NIV says, Where your treasure is, that means what means most to you, there your heart will be also. And that's devotion. So there's the test. Where is your treasure? Worship, listen, is talking to God about God. Let that one settle down. Worship is talking to God about God. It's not talking to God about us. Come on. See, you know, it's not like spoken praise and singing is giving to God, not getting from God. We want not just to be blessed, but more importantly, when we worship, it's to bless Him. So when we, when our worship team is functioning here, it's not kind of like a rally rally thing. It's it's we're going to use what gifts God has given us. He's given us a voice that sings on key. Hallelujah! If you don't have that kind of key, don't be in the worship team, and and you know otherwise we'll all have to need to pray way more than we've ever prayed before. And and I could go on a tangent, but I'm going to be good and stick right to my notes. Nobody believes that, but that's okay. So, Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28. Listen to this. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since He's Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man made temples, and human hands can't serve His needs. For He has no needs. He Himself gives life and breath to everything, and He satisfies every need. He's a need meter. But he doesn't, he's not needy himself. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the world and throughout the earth. And he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. See, that word speaks of the space that we're talking about. God has boundaries. And when we come to him, I'll tell you what happens. He expands the boundaries. When we worship God, we're no longer confined or restrained, but God opens up new, fresh boundaries, and we can breathe. Hallelujah. I mean, if I don't say anything else, that should get you going. Yeah. Think about it. God opens the boundaries and gives us space. Hallelujah. How many of have ever heard that saying? I'm sure all of you have at one stage or another. Most of us that are a bit older have heard it more. But, you know, people say, Hey, man, give me space, dude. Get out of my space. This personal space thing you hear it all about. Well, i got news for you. God's got space for you. Hallelujah. He's got a place for you that is unique and beautiful and and designed for each one of us. Some of you are sitting there and you've got so much inside you and if you just let it go, the roof would come off this place because, because there's so much to be thankful for. You show me a worshiping person, I'll show you a thankful person. No, I didn't say show me a thankful person first. I said a worshiper first, and you cannot worship without being thankful. Hallelujah. Are you thankful this morning? Man, I am so thankful to what the Lord's done in my life. Scripture says, where did we get to? Boundaries. Boundaries. Verse 27, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. Now, here we go. Here's this boundary space thing. For in him we live and we move and we exist. And as some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. God gives me space to breathe and he extends my boundaries. Hallelujah when I enter in to worship Him. Praise God. So this describes why we were created. And it's important also for us to know, once again, God does not need... Yeah. Gee, I'm glad some of you can read. It's always like a trick. It's not a trick. God does not need... Now, Maybe you say, well, what do you mean by that? God is self-sufficient with Himself. Within himself. And he has no need of anything or anyone. Although we were created for worship, God doesn't need our worship. God's not sitting in heaven like, come on, give it to me. Give it to you." I'm feeling down. I need you to pick me up. Come on, worship me. he's, He's not insecure. God is complete. Come on. In Acts 17, 24 to 25... You'll see it again. Once again, it, it needs to be repeated. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Does that sound like he's needy? Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. You know, aren't you glad God doesn't need prayer once in a while? We need a, he needs a counselor. I don't mean to be rude, but come on. You're coming to a God who has all the answers. He spoke and the worlds were framed. God is a mighty God. We need to worship more than God needs our worship. There's the key. See, God has has built into us this capacity. Scripture says he's given us all a measure of faith. And what do we do with it? And so when this space that God has made and given us this opportunity to breathe freely in worship to Him, if that's not filled with what He created us for, we are lost. We're just, it's so easy to get into, the, into the, just the motion of things and go through the mechanics of things. It's so easy to come into the house of the Lord and go through the first song and then the second song and shake hands. and We do things because we want people to be comfortable. But on the other hand, we don't want to get stuck because if we don't have a heart to worship, it all becomes rigid and written out. You know, rote is the word. Are you there? Okay. So in Acts 17, 27, and 28, His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him, though He is not far from any one of us. Here we go. For, would you read this out with me? For in Him we live and move and exist. You can't function outside of that. And when I don't understand that I was created to worship, Thou art worthy, O Lord... For thou hast created all things, and for your pleasure they were created. We were created. Do you know you bless God? You say, Come on, man, I know he blesses me, but give me a break. No, no, no. You bless him when you give him the honor. And then when you honor and love him and pour out your your worship and praise to him, not just in words, but in, in deeds. Words and deeds. How many know worship is not a thing we do on a weekend? It's a lifestyle. I worship God on the way to work. I worship God when I get up in the morning. Some of us have a struggle with that. Some of us don't even know who we are in the morning. And if you knew me and saw me, you wouldn't want to know me in the morning. Not because I'm cranky, but because I have so little hair, what I have goes, ee! And sometimes I'll run out to Carol in the kitchen and I'll go, hey, look at me. Uh, you know, uh, look at my hair. I look like one of those dolls with the things that stick up, you know. yeah, you know, I'm scary. But that doesn't mean I can't worship. The Lord goes, oh, I reject that. Go get yourself straightened up and then come back. Come on, church. Are you there? Yeah. Hallelujah. So we need to worship more than God needs our worship. Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. In in, in the Amplified of those two verses, Genesis uh, Genesis 2, 7, excuse me, it says that man became a living being and he became a spirit of life. See, when God breathed into him, it wasn't just air into his lungs. God breathed his spirit. Now, we're created in his image, right? So, when he formed man from the dust... And then, when he breathed into him, he put a part of his own person, God himself, his spirit, his eternal part of him. He breathed that into and he stood up. Man, wouldn't that have been a scene to see? I'd love to have been behind a tree watching that when he stood up. That would be cool. And when he stood up, he wasn't just breathing, but he had the spirit of life breathed in him from God Almighty. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Isn't that neat? And, and so it's all, it's got to do with this whole thing of God breathing. How many know God still wants to continually breathe in us? And I believe when we become real worshippers, that exchange happens all the time. Hallelujah. So why do I want to be a worshipper? Because if you're not a worshipper, everything else around it seems second rate. See, our, our planet revolves around the, the, the center of the sun, thank God. Well, worship is the center and everything else must revolve and flow out from worship. Come on. So the bottom line here is don't waste your breath. Now, what should worship look like? That's an interesting question. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about what worship should look like. Strange sometimes. Hebrews 13:15, "Therefore by Him let us continually, would you say that word? Yes. Offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name, the fruit of our lips, right? And, and it goes on to say, I want you to under, uh, excuse me, I want you to underline with these words, continually, sacrifice and fruit of our lips. Those are three keys in our worship to the lord you know worship then really is a continual lifestyle not a song there's a, there's a chorus that comes to mind i'll give you more than a song How may say lord when i come into your house when i'm worshiping you wherever i happen to be it, it it's got to be more than a song it's got to come from here it's got to be an expression of how you feel deeply inside one of the duties of the Levites were to continually praise God. 1 Corinthians Chronicles 23:30, and each morning and evening they stood before the Lord to sing songs of thanks and praise to him. So worship doesn't start when the worship band begins and it doesn't end at the last song. Worship There's power in coming together. The Lord inhabits the praises of His people. His presence is multiplied when we all come together. It's exciting. It's fantastic. I mean, I stand down there. You know, I was getting so blessed during the worship time. I thought, uh, why don't we just go up and say amen and be on with it? Because I got what I came from. (laughs) I mean, life... uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I'd rather worship God than anything else. Come on. Because... He just opens me up and 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 shows me things and takes me places that I could never go unless I open up my heart to love and to worship him. Come on. Living in his presence daily is a lot more than driving to the church gas station to get a quick fill up once a week. Did you hear me? It go, Coming to worship is more than going over to the, to the charger and plugging in your new electric, your battery vehicle, getting a charge and then waiting and hoping you'll make it to the following week. Worship goes on and on and on. How can you flip that driver off that pulled in front of you when you get angry when you've just been worshiping the Lord? I mean, it's tough, you know. I thought someone was giving me the one-way sign, but I found out it wasn't that at all. You know? Come on. You know, this constant presence of the Lord, the word in the, in, the, in the Greek for power, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the word is dunamis, that's the Greek word for power. But a lot of people get this mixed up, it's not dynamite, it's dynamo. See dynamite is one big crash explosion and it's over but when you receive power of the spirit and it comes as you worship and exchange praise with the Lord the spirit fills you and that dynamo never stops and keeps creating more of his presence and more of his power. So we need to walk in the spirit live in the spirit hallelujah not just some set time but at all times even in the tough times come on. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. I mean, how much clearer can it be? So the worship that we have is not based on feelings or situations. Even when you feel flat, you discover that someone comes to you at work or wherever you are and talks about some of their needs and you begin to focus and talk to them about what God can do for them and pretty soon your flat heaviness is gone because you've ministered and God's touched you. You see, if you want to feel good, then go do good for somebody else. And when you do it, then you'll feel better. But you won't wait if you feel bad. You don't wait until you feel good to do it. You do it first. Come on, church. And so we don't wait around until we feel a Holy Ghost goose up our spine. Oh, and now God's moving. I guess I can praise Him. No, no. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be continually in my mouth. It's an act of our will. And so the worship leaders should never have to say, come on, let's work. No, no. They should be saying, shh, quiet down. We can't. We've got to stop now. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be so awesome. is just, just this explosion of worship as we come together and breathe in the beautiful freshness of the, of the things of God. Come on, church. Now, listen to this in Habakkuk 3 17 through 19 and this it doesn't sound like good news but your worship anyway even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines and the olive trees the, the olive gro- crops have failed and fields lie empty and barren even though the flocks die in the fields wow and the cattle burn, barns are empty I'll just sit down and cry a thousand tears Yet I will, come on, say it with me. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Come on, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. He is worthy regardless how you feel. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed as a deer, which means I'm confident and able to tread upon the heights. Hallelujah. Let me interpret that verse about the fig trees and the no blossoms. My air conditioning just broke down. My car's radiator just boiled over and it did. The cat died. I lost my job. Yet I will praise and worship the mighty God for He is worthy. Come on. It's an act of my will. It has nothing to do with feelings. Hallelujah. And then finally... In Acts 16, verses 22 through 25, it talks about how Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. Look at those scriptures. It says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. And about midnight, all of those in the prison started to hear moaning and wailing and, oh God, how could you let this happen to me? No? You're sure? About midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Come on, church. It's midnight. It's time to start getting up on the inside and beginning to worship our living God. Hallelujah! Whether we're in prison or out of the prison, it's midnight hour. Let's begin to be worshippers. Hallelujah! In the midst of our difficulties. Hallelujah! Good preacher. Noel. thank you very much. Amen. Yeah. We, we, you know, worship involves audible and practical. You say, "What do you mean?" It means worship can be seen and heard. We must learn to demonstrate worship and and not not just quietly but with our words. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I, I don't go around saying, oh, I just love my wife so deeply. We've been married 50 years. She's just put up with me all this time. But I can't express it because it's just so deep. And your wife puckers up for a kiss. You go, oh, no, honey, I'm not worthy. I just can't express it. How many know that's not going to fly for very long? When was the last time you went to a football game and your team, probably not the Raiders, but a team, scored a touchdown and what happens? The stadium erupts. Have you ever seen somebody that's a fan of that football team in the crowd going, Oh, I feel so moved inside. I, I can't express it. I'm so touched deeply they made a touchdown. And, and they stand there with their eyes closed. They don't say anything. They go, mmm. Mmm. Come on, there's got to be more to it than this. This applauding silently stuff. Scripture says we should praise Him with the fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips. I prayed for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I say, God's going to give you the ability to speak a spiritual language and you yield your tongue to Him and what God gives you, you speak it out. And they go, yeah, 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 I believe God. Thank you, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And then they go... And after I see that for a while, I go, excuse me, do you believe the Lord's going to give you a spiritual language? Yes. Well, what does the language involve? Your tongue? Yes. Okay, let's go. Come on, we've got to express praise. We're gonna open up our hearts and let it let it out, church. Come on, are you there? Well, God is good. We know Jonah was in the middle of the whale or the fish, and he got spat out when he worshipped and praised. He'd repented, but he still hadn't got out. How many know when he began to give thanks and praise, the fish spat him out and he landed on the beach? Come on, are you there? Maybe if he hadn't have praised, he would have come out the other end of the fish. I don't know. (laughs) But he came out the right end. How many say, I'm going to praise? If you didn't like that joke, that was pastors, not mine. (laughs) But if you liked it, I I made it up. Okay. Okay, church. We're going to pray now. And I'm going to ask you to just sit quietly. And I've asked Pastor... Tracer, if she would come and share just briefly a part of a worship song. And I want you to be in prayer. And I want you to listen to the words. You can look up and see the words. And then we're going to close. Hallelujah.